And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Mike, you, you have to hit rock bottom before you decide you've investigated enough. Like, you, you must understand the entire fucking scenario. Like, for me, I just went medical, drugs. <laughs> Next. I've moved on already. I know what happened. My safe word is keep going. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Is It a Bicycle? Season 14, Episode 9. The original and bestest ever TV and movie podcast. My name is Stephen Wrigley and I'll be your host for this evening. In the red corner this week, it's the cuddly killer. A man who said this week, I'm going to tweet with my left hand so it feels like someone else is tweeting about me. It's Mark, superhero, Leonard. This week, uh, it's a bit of a mixed bag. We've got some TV and we've got some movies. <laughs> but lots of of both. So, um, yeah, I'm sort of, I'm not going to say what did we, what else did we see this week. I think we'll just tear into them. Well, I, I have to call you up on your intro. It shows a uh, poor research. I'm actually left-handed. Oh, are you? All right. Okay. <laughs> so is Mike, actually. So it turns yeah. out I'm the odd one out, you know. So, yeah. Me, me, Mike, Einstein and Hitler. Did you know that up until, uh, well, I suppose you did, up until fairly recently that uh, in Ireland you weren't allowed to be left-handed? You're always made, you know, the, the brothers would be battering you until you wrote with your right hand. Left-handed was a sinful uh, thing to be. It, it was. That's right. Kidogu shahe. Kidogu. So yeah, yeah. The um, Kurt Cobain was ambidextrous. Yeah. And his dad had a little hang-up about him being left-handed. He wanted him to just pick right-handed. All right. So of course, Kurt Cobain wrote with his left hand instead to stick it to his dad. <laughs> but I think that's lies because realistically, when you're learning to write, you're four. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's lies, but yeah. the story continues anyway, that he had a curve in his spine that would have self-corrected if he wrote with his right hand, but it didn't. All oh, right, Gotcha. This is the Nirvana fan yeah, yeah, mythology. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mythology. Like, I don't, I don't really believe that story, but there it is for our listeners. You yeah, can yeah. Uh, discard it as you, as you see fit. Get onto Reddit and find the truth. And let us know. That's what you need to do. Uh, on yeah. Twitter, at Is It A Bicycle. <laughs> we need to know. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, so actually today was a bit of a significant day in that we lost uh, three great people. Um, well, I, know, I know about Stephen Hawking's. Yeah, and Limo Goflin. You know who he is? No, he's a member of, he's a member of Planksty. Um, oh, the show band? Yeah, as in, um, what's his face, uh, Christy Moore's band. The Irish famous show band. Yeah. And do you remember a TV show called Bullseye? It was a British game show where people had of to course throw, I do. throw yeah. darts and so on. Sure, I was reared on it. Yeah, so the host, Jim Bowen, he died today as well. Wow. Yeah, like I thought he was, like he he was 80, but I thought he was like 80 when I was 12 watching it, you know. He seemed quite old back when we were, <laughs> we would have been watching that now when we were still in school. Like, Yeah, and if if you if you actually go back and look at the old pictures and the most more recent pictures, he's the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of these guys just, who just stayed at that age you know <laughs> yeah um, it's gas that your man from Planksty is gone so like yeah. a lot of our parents would have got together at some kind of dance that Planksty played at oh for sure yeah. they were um, a huge deal back in that for that generation yeah for parents generation in Ireland yeah uh, he was the so. Illin Pipes player um, famous well every good band needs one yeah for sure. Uh, so Liam O'Flynn, check him out uh, if you don't know him. There's loads of them on YouTube. Um, he's uh, pretty legendary. 
So, what are we going to start with? Annihilation. Yeah, we can start with Annihilation if you want. Um, Annihilation is a Netflix movie. Hmm. Do you remember when you went straight to TV was a bad thing? Oh, yeah, when it just went straight to VHS or straight to TV was worse. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Straight to TV was worse. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Netflix technically is going straight to TV. But you've got like this stellar cast now. Yeah. In a movie. So, um, so what's this film about, right? Does a meteor hits Earth? Yeah. And uh, does that make it a meteorite? Is that how that goes? Yes. Yes, it's a small uh, one. Yeah. Becomes a meteorite, and uh, it starts to emit a kind of um, well, they call it a shimmer. Yeah. And a shimmer is quite a good name for because that's what it looks like. It's like a rainbow it looks cloud like, or something, isn't it? Yeah, well, how Dan described it, I thought was very good. It's like what petrol looks like on water. Oh, yeah, it does actually, yeah. Um, and this starts to uh, expand out. It starts to increase, you know, the area that it covers. And um, what's the name of the actress, the lead actress in this? Uh, Natalie Portman. She's, Natalie Portman, that's what yeah. I mean. Famous actresses doing straight-to-TV movies. Well, she's in Oscar Isaac is her uh, other half. And then That's right, yeah. uh, the psychologist in it, the team leader, is uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. So there's three yeah. big names, you know, in great, this, in this great, straight to great. TV movie. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. So her husband that you've just mentioned is a soldier. Um, he goes on a mission, disappears for a year, and then reappears back in her house. Um, when she starts to investigate, we find out that he actually went into the shimmer, and then um, the mystery kind of goes from there as um, what is this place that nobody comes back from and you know yeah what's going how on? are they going to fix it mm. how are they going to fix it yeah so that's kind of it did you see this i did yeah yeah what did you think um yeah i i like the premise uh, i had been told rather than read that this was uh I, I well i actually i assumed that it was a horror given mike's enthusiasm for it um, so I kind of went in expecting uh, lots of blood and guts and predator type things and, you know, all that kind of uh, murder face blood things. Um, but it started off quite, uh, you know, a bit of drama and then quite scientific. And I thought, oh, this is kind of more interesting than I expected. And then they had a bit of a jungle survival thriller type scenario going on, um, which is the main part of the movie i guess then it did actually become kind of predatory yeah yeah did yeah um because um there's certain this shimmer kind of seems to what do they call it refract reflect um everything well, it was it was mutating everything right yeah like from dna to light to the radio signals all the rest of it it didn't let anything out it just bounced it back and which uh so things like cells and dna mixed together and came up with all sorts of beautiful and horrifying stuff um which they did to circumnavigate to get to the truth, to get to the root of the, the, the whole issue. So, yeah, a um, lot of money spent on this, I'd say. Um, it, it's it looked like a big budget, right? Not just the cast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's not long. It's 115 minutes or so. Um, so it's, if you're given for wandering, look, checking your phone, that kind of thing, and not being riveted to the seat, it's it's not that long a movie to get through. Um, but uh, it did my my issues with it. 
Um, or that go ahead. It, let, yeah, let us have it. Yeah, Steve. I, I'm just going to go with the negatives first. Um, I just thought that at times it did slow down too much, and there's a bit of jumping forward and back in like montages almost, and some of them I didn't see how they related to what was going on at the time. They're a little bit disjointed. Um, but that's probably about it. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. <laughs> you know. Well, that's not too bad. I yeah, thought yeah. you were winding up for no, a slate no, in there, no, the way no. you said that. No, not at all. No, I just thought I'd get them out of the way. No, I thought it was well made. Dialogue was good. Uh, kept me interested. Some unique... Great ideas. soundtrack. Yes, great soundtrack. Some unique ideas. Um, Natalie Portman, Oscar Isaac... Uh, very believable couple in the montages um and the whole reveal was quite good as well and the wrap-up was excellent final act was very very strong i yeah, thought it was, yeah. Wasn't it? yeah yeah i really liked it i think I, I mentioned the soundtrack there because they did a very clever thing with the arrangement of the music at times so there's there's a lot of guitar in it mm. which seems a bit out of place but it worked and it was really good. It kind of got you into the, the mood yeah. very well. Yeah. Um, what did Shona call it? Tell me how to feel music. <laughs> so there was that going on, but so the shimmer was electromagnetic, right? And I got an idea from somewhere that it was pulsing and I couldn't, I couldn't figure out where that was from. Yeah. And then I realized it was actually the music. Oh. The music had a pulsating rhythm. Right, gotcha, yeah. So it had me thinking that, well, the shimmer is kind of going vroom, vroom, vroom. And it was purely because that's the way the music, when I figured it out, then I started listening to it. I went, yeah, they did yeah, it really yeah. well there. <laughs> they they communicated something about the environment in this movie using the music, which is really good. Did you have the subwoofer turned up for that one? <laughs> um so, and then the performances are very strong. Mm -hmm. I agree with you that every so often it loses momentum a bit. And at times when they did flashbacks, I kind of went, oh, come on. Yeah. Get back to the story. But they were doing that deliberately just to set the pace, I guess. Yeah. Um, Like it was, I suppose it was, it was relationship establishment rather than character establishment so that you, you knew how important it was that she found out what was going on with her husband. Yeah. And that needed to be done. And there was a couple of interesting reveals done there. So it, while they were annoying kind of like in the first act, I think they start to add to the story then as the, as the movie progressed. Like, I think it's really good. Like, it's not the greatest sci-fi film you're ever going to see, but I really enjoyed it. And I was very engaged in trying to understand what was going on and how it was going to end. And like you, like you said, the wrap-up was really was excellent. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, I just see here it was fifty-five million it cost, um, and a test screening wasn't received well. It seems that was in February um, last year, and uh, one of the financiers of Paramount he was concerned that the film was too intellectual and too complicated and demanded changes to make it appeal to a wider audience, um, including changing the ending. Oh, really? Yeah. So the producer. Uh, and the director sort of went, nah, and didn't want to change it and defended the film and refused to take notes. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, I like it. There needs yeah. to be more of that because like, the ending was one of the best things about it. Yeah. Well, it was actually due to that that uh, they went to um, uh, Netflix, but um, 
it was released in the US and China and wasn't on Netflix until 17 days later. So it actually did bring in 26 million in the box office. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how much of that is due to just star power. Yeah. Like well, Natalie Portman's a big deal. Like, Yeah, star power used to be. and the fact that there wasn't that many sci-fi movies in the box office there a couple of weeks ago. There seems to be a scatter of them now, though. These these were the day of the Ex Machina guys, weren't they? Mm, Oscar they Isaac was in that. And I, um, let me think. I'm pretty sure it's made by the same people that Paramount. made Ex Machina. Paramount? And, uh, and that became a kind of a... A kind of a cult thing, more than anything. Like, because I, I quite like that movie. I think we, I think it reviewed fairly well here in this show. Yeah. But um, um, he did Twenty Eight Days Later. Oh yeah. And he did do Ex Machina. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that, but I, I think there was more people from Ex Machina involved because it was in the credits somewhere. Oh right. Yeah, it could well be. It was like, yeah, yeah. or in the trailer, sorry, from the people that brought you Ex Machina. <laughs> so the new mystery is revealed. <laughs> so I guess that's. Um, let me see. Is he listed on Ex Machina? Uh, just for the crack here now. Uh, what year was that? 2016? 2015. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He was executive yeah. producer. So, yeah, same producer, same director. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you found it You found it to dull down a little bit like me and the pacing a little bit off. I'm trying to think, now, is there anything else I need to is say on it? Oh. Well, no, the, the pacing, I think, was a bit off at the start. Yeah. Because, you know, every story takes a while to generate its momentum. Yeah. And then those flashbacks at that time, I thought were kind of slowing that down further. Yeah. But they actually didn't hurt at all. You didn't notice them later in the film because it was moving. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, like, you know, it's not a, it's not a perfect execution. But I think, I, I certainly wasn't looking at my phone during it. Yeah. Yeah. And once the action got going, it was really good. There was a couple of excellent action sequences. Yeah. So, like, I'd recommend it. I'd recommend it to anybody that's in any way interested in sci-fi. Yeah. You need to be able to tolerate sci-fi a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's good. Yeah, good movie. I like the imagination of, um, of, let's say, the things that they encountered. Yeah. There was a bit of a Star Wars scene, and then it got weirder after that. And then, uh, not to give too much away, there's uh, abilities of said things that were uh, quite interesting. Um and sort of, I really didn't expect it completely blindsided me. Um, a few of the scenes just got really, mm. you know, but uh, you know, yeah, they were smart on what they did, right? With the creep, yeah. with the uh, creatures, like, yeah, 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 it was cool, cool, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give this a solid seven, yeah, I think so. It's yeah. a seven movie, yeah, very, very good, mm. yeah. I don't think it quite makes the eight now, but um, what else did we see? Jessica Jones, she's back. Oh, is she? She's even more grumpy. <laughs> really? So, at the end of Defenders, the good guys won after yeah. a terribly long and um, not very interesting struggle. Yeah. So, Jessica Jones is still an alcoholic, <laughs> except that after the events of season one, she is now known publicly as a murderer. And given the increasing bad rap that superheroes are getting in the Marvel Universe... She is very much persona non grata. So I've watched the first couple of episodes. I'm really enjoying it. It is, um, it's taken a different approach now. It's kind of digging into, so the first season was all about, even though you're incredibly powerful, you can still be really vulnerable. That's not really where they're coming at. They've told that story in season one. 
And now they're just coming at where, I guess, just it, dysfunction seems to be the topic of the day in the first two episodes, at least. Yeah. Because yeah. you've got three main characters, herself, Trish, her friend, and uh, the guy, the girl that Foggy went to work for, Trinity from The Matrix. Carrie Ann Moss, is that her name? Um, it kind of delves into all of their dysfunctions, basically. Yeah. Um, the plot of the season seems to be discovering what happened to Jessica when she was in the hospital that gives people powers. She's missing 20 days from her memory. Um, she's haunted every day by the memory of a crash where her parents and her brother died, but she survived. And they're, that's that's featured, and they're digging into that as well. So um, it's good. Like I do like the character Jessica Jones. I like the way the Netflix Marvel universe looks at superheroism. You know, it's grittier, it's more realistic. Like, fair enough, Iron Fist defenders weren't great. But uh, I think that Jessica Jones was one of the stronger offerings. And I think this one is starting off like it could be quite strong as well. So if I had the time, I'd binge watch it. I just I just don't. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So have you seen any, Steve? No. Uh, I didn't know. Uh, season one, I kind of... You yeah, fell off it, didn't yeah, you? I fell off it. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah. It's it's fine. It just wasn't for me. That's all. She was a bit moany. She's very moany. Yeah, yeah. And she's the moaniest of moany faces. Oh god, yeah. That's why I stopped watching Homeland. <laughs> yeah, she's worse. She's worse than oh, Homeland. God. Yeah, oh, moany face. That's why I'm watching The Looming Tower instead now. Actually, at the moment, um, that that's the one we reviewed last week. Um, which is yeah, that, good, yeah, that is a great show. Yeah, and it's it's kind of a similar deal, you know, except based on fact ish. But um, anyway, loosely based on it. Um, so you would give that a thriller? I'm taking. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I can't wait to watch that. Okay. I'm going to get as deep in Jessica Jones as allowed <laughs> under our legal system. <laughs> okay, right. Um, I caught up with something else on Netflix. Uh, Money Heist, new TV show. Yeah. Uh, you have to read it, though, Mark. It is... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's hard-coded. I don't know if you saw on the list, but I wrote no. <laughs> Did <beside>. you? <laughs> um... <laughs> I'd say you know they might they might do this one in English for uh, you know the illiterate. Um, oh, it sucks! To, sucks to be you then if you went <laughs> and read it when you could just wait it to watch it with better looking people. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but better looking people now. It's a Spanish made now. Um, so this is about uh, an organized band of thieves who intend to commit the heist of the century, um, but not in your usual way. Um, what they do is they steal a load of paper that's inbound to a mint and so they're going to print their own money while holding all the people in the mint hostage but the idea is that they get the public behind them but things go awry I believe so I'm only two episodes in and it's uh, it's really good it's really good it's everything you want from an Ocean's Eleven type thing uh, without too much tomfoolery with electronics or kung fu dudes doing backflips to avoid lasers. Why didn't they wait until they printed the money and then steal it? Because <laughs> they're not actually stealing money. They're stealing paper and then printing money. Then it's just, then it's just fraud and paper stealing. <laughs> are they using like the mint equipment I'm, I'm not sure. to print the money? I, yes, they are. They're in the mint, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure why they're doing it. Maybe, maybe it's just so they can get that amount of money together 
Like they're going to be able to print. They sound like the hardest working criminals around. Yeah. So they do. <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe it's better uh, working conditions for people who are already in there. Who knows? That's true. So anyway, I'll come back and I'll let you know. At the moment, it's thriller. Um, it is in Spanish, but um, that's fine too. It's grand. Um, what else do we get to Mark? Well, um, I finally got to see Pitch Perfect three. Oh God. Last call pitches. Were you looking? Were you looking forward to this or something? You sound excited about it. You're a big fan of the first two, aren't you? I love the first two. I've seen them both a good few times, and I, oh, you nice. might remember me telling you about drinking games that you can play with them. Yes. <laughs> so I have played many as a drinking game with the first two. This one doesn't seem to support it as well, but it's a it's a good show. Yeah. Um, the problem is that it wasn't really needed. Oh. You know. Pitch Perfect 1 and 2 told a fairly complete story. And you could have just left it there. Um, well, no, was it needed? It wasn't needed, but it does add to the Pitch Perfect universe, I think. It kind of... I felt coming out of Pitch Perfect 2 that I knew where everybody was going. But it turns out I didn't. And this kind of fills in that blank that I didn't know existed. Okay. So um, this is the one Pitch Perfect Rebel Wilson and Anna Kendrick and yeah yeah okay so Pitch Perfect three tells the story of the Bellas who are struggling to make their way in the big bad world now that they've left college and they no longer have infinite time to sit around practicing a cappella songs yeah and uh, that's mirrored by the two commentators who are trying to remain relevant by doing a documentary an documentary yeah on the ballads themselves. So um, they get a gig, basically, and that gig they try and turn into one last shot to make it as musicians, I guess. Right. Uh, it is filled with, you know, contemporary music, uh, switched to a cappella arrangements, which is the hallmark of the Pitch Perfect series, uh, which is what I love about it. Like, Yeah. Uh, it's very self-referential and it's for its betterment. Um, like they talk about how they never win these, these sing offs. So why do they always start them? And then they start one and, uh, <laughs> it's just good. And the supporting cast are, are just as strong as they've been in previous numbers, but they've, there's like one of the things that was always good about the other shows is they always had, um, other groups that brought a lot to the show, yeah. the story. Yeah. And they have the same here. Like they have a group of country singers. They have a group of rock people. And there's another group that I'm forgetting, but they were very interesting too. They were funny. And, uh, the main, my main problem with it is John Lithgow plays Rebel Wilson's dad. All right. And his Australian accent is appalling. <laughs> like really bad. Oh, like, oh, he's not doing it. Ironically, or anything. No, no, I don't think so. He's pretending to be Australian, like, <laughs> and it is terrible. Like, it's every time he opened his mouth, it just pulled you out of the show. Like, because you're going, well, that's just John Lithgow being shit. You're right. Yeah. So, um, he he didn't help matters very much. The music is great. I love the arrangements and all the songs. They're like really easy to tap your feet along with them. Like, if it flies, it's a very fast paced movie. Um. And I really liked it. It, it. it goes to probably some fantastic places, you know, fantastical. I mean, like that, you know, maybe isn't isn't ideal, but it, it it's still 
it's still a decent film and I and I, I enjoyed it hmm. and I would recommend it like if you like the first two you're not going to dislike this one okay right it's just it's another one of those okay if you know what I mean right, and whenever okay. you do three more or less of the same film yeah you know they're not getting better each time uh, that's what I was going to ask is it a good one of those Ah, it is yeah but you've got diminishing returns here okay because yeah. most of the jokes you've heard in one shape or another, yeah. you know, the things that were good about the first two, you've seen them twice now, and yeah. this is a third time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's diminishing returns, but I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I, I did really enjoy it, like, to be honest. Yeah. How would you give it? Hmm. A five, I think, Steve. Five, right. Okay, yeah. So it's an average That's film, a, five, yeah. but but it, it comes it comes recommended, right? Okay, yeah, I, like, yeah. If, if you like the first two, you like this one. A special commendation, yeah. Um... <laughs> I got to uh, another international series this week called Bad Guys, Bad Guys, Vile City. That's on, definitely Japanese. It's on Netflix. It's actually Korean. Um, and uh, this, uh, no, it's, the thing about this, it's a, it's a mob movie. Um, and it's kind of, it's, it, there's no real new trope, right? There's a new dude uh, who wants a cushy job uh, a desk job uh, he used to be a detective and he saw his partner being murdered and he's just like okay I've had enough of that right but he actually he gets reassigned to this guy who's on leave <laughs> but uh, he's like in the thick of things just absolutely okay uh, listen we're, we're going down here today and we're going to meet a dude and then he's going to bring a load of dudes with him and then we're going to this house and clear it out full of it's full of prostitutes and gun runners and all the rest of it and this is in Suwon just outside Seoul right Suwon city and it's like a scene from i don't know a mixture of romper stomper and uh what's that one uh good for us no worse than that sopranos no this is like uh you know it's two massive gangs meet with iron bars and knives gangs of new york <laughs> um anyway they they start tearing into each other but it's all quite close confined type stuff there's no you know and there's no kung fu and there's no there's not too much judo involved um it's just batterings you know um and it goes on and on and there's like a story happens during it as well you know <laughs> that's how long it goes on for and the the new rookie kind of gets involved um and uh he's sort of trying to protect someone else and he gets hammered and then someone else is trying to protect him and it goes it goes on and on and on anyway so the these bad guys that they're trying to accost they work for um this uh sort of head honcho the don um and he owns uh many companies all under the heading of one it's like a conglomerate you know you hear about these korean family uh companies um not unlike hyundai and samsung and those kind of ones um they're all family owned and um so they're sort of stuck in a and actually the series is sort of stuck in this problem as well in that he is loved by all the people that live in the city because he built most of it he clears out sort of shitty areas and then he builds brand new cities on top of it and i mean like blocks and blocks and they're lovely housing and you know, all the people have great jobs and so they all vote for him so he's and he's own like he pretty much owns the police and the judiciary and all the rest of it because he's been supplying all these jobs and so on and turned the shit old city into an amazing city um so the problem is if they catch him and arrest him then these people lose their jobs 
and they are then working they are working for him at the moment but they're also against the police catching him so you know they've got problems in trying to investigate crimes that like, he's all the time knocking off people if they get in his way you know <laughs> yeah so um so is he is it a bit like the way you know the sons of anarchy are kind of liked in charming not unlike it yeah but morally suspects at times yeah but generally the town likes that they're there yeah yeah because they, they look out for yeah. the townspeople there's definitely a parallel there all right yeah yeah except we're okay. talking about like a city you know there's a something like one hundred and fifty thousand families i think i mentioned at one stage so that multiplied by members of the family you know that kind of way there's a lot of people that support him in the locality so um so yeah it's good it's it's really fast-paced i mean it's it never slows down from the very start you're like it's on it's on for an hour it's a eight part and you're just rooted going oh my god you know have you seen all of this no i've only seen the first episode this is all in the first okay. episode. This is incredible. But is it is it an eight hour fight scene? Like <laughs> no, no. It would. I'd say. Um, I'd say nearly a third of the first episode is is fight scene. It's a, it's a large event, and it's more. There, there. It's the impact of it that gives you the basis for what they're up against. You know, uh, because not only is your man involved the the, the head honcho, he's not only is he involved in like legit businesses. Uh, and companies and corporations. He also has the seedier side t- sewn up as well. Um, but he is leaning all, all all the people that live in the poorer parts to move out so that he can buy the land to build more cities to get more people on his side and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think I'm going to watch some more of this. Uh, it's not... Uh, let me see. It's It's not the best of this type of scene. Like I've seen, like Spiral was brilliant, the French one, and no, what do you call it? Sure it was, Steve, but yeah. who never It's in French. And, no, it's brilliant. And Grenage, it was named. And, um, Another TV back. show nobody will ever see. <laughs> um, they should, though. It's great. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, if you're interested in that sort of uh, genre, definitely. Definitely. It, it's one of the good ones, I think. so. Uh, but it's... It, I have other shows that I need to watch at the moment that are not in that genre, which I would consider better. You know that kind of way. So yeah, yeah. I'll get back to it if I don't get to it in the next. So week. so it's it sounds like it's thriller. Guarded. Oh yeah, guardedly so, but thriller. Oh, definitely thriller, but um, it's just that there's like you say another seven hours of it um, mm. involved. I don't think I have that seven hours. So speaking of another seven hours, you know what's back on TV? Tell us, Survivor. Oh God, <laughs> is that not another twenty-two hours for the season? No. Yeah, okay, maybe it's closer to 22. So season 36 is on our screens now, Mm. um, entitled Ghost Island, (laughs) because um, the big feature in this is the ghosts of series past. All right. And what this means is that it has happened often on Survivor that somebody who had an idol, an immunity idol, was blindsided so much that they didn't play it thinking they were safe and then got voted off. Okay. So those idols are said to be cursed and that is the basis, the premise for Ghost Island. Okay. So if you're a a long-time Survivor Survivor fan, which I I am, but I fell off it for a number of seasons. Right. Every time anyone finds an idol, it comes with a story and you go, oh yeah, do you remember that time with the thing with your man? But if if you don't follow Survivor, then you're just going to go, who was he? I didn't see that. What? 
So to date, I've kind of had it about 50-50 because I watched a lot of it in the years, we'd say 2000 to 2006, I'd say. I wouldn't have missed many episodes. Yeah. But then I just stopped completely. I'm kind of back on it now nearly 10 years later. Like, So some of them I recognize, some of them I don't. Like I, I watched Survivor China and there was a guy that I really liked in it and he was voted out with two idols in his pocket. Survivor China? Yeah. Was that subtitled? They, they, no, they just went to China with oh. Americans. <laughs> right, okay, should have known, right. Which is how which is how you should do it, Steve. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everyone spoke English the whole time. It was fine. Oh, um, so his his idol, one of his idols that he was voted off with was on, was featured last week's episode. So it's great. It's a great show. I love I love watching it. I love watching the, the interpersonal uh, gamesmanship as they all try and uh, mm. convince everyone that they're their friends. Was there a reason when they make decisions? Sorry, go sorry. On. Go on. Go on. When they make decisions. Was, yeah. So there's a guy in there who um, thought he was really smart, but really isn't. Okay. And he created a story about a fake idol. And the first question he was asked, more or less exposed it as a lie, but didn't realize that he had done. <laughs> So everyone knew he didn't really have an idol, so it was funny. Right, yeah, yeah. But uh, he got voted off then summarily. Mm. But uh, yeah, no, it's good. Good, yeah. good season. I like the cast. And uh, they seem to be a lot more in tune than last season's cast. Because it took, last season they were in three tribes. Yeah. And it took a lot longer for the, you know, the politics to start in earnest. Right. Whereas in this one, they were in two bigger tribes. So it started a lot quicker. Mm. So that makes it even more interesting, I think. So it's good. I recommend it. Uh, watch. Why did you take the 10-year hiatus? Eventually, you just get sick of it. Was it? Yeah, it's just overdosed on it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because, you know, like, I love the challenges. Love the challenges. Yeah. And seeing how they do. And then after the challenge, there's lots of talking. Yeah. And after a while, you start to realize that it's very cleverly edited, so you can never really guess who's going. Okay. So that means that in the edit, they actually are lying to you. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Misdirection. Yeah. So, yeah. like, one guy will go, I think we should get rid of Johnny. Yeah. And then, like, four or five people will go, Yeah, it's Johnny. I'm voting Johnny tonight. And then one other guy will go, Hey, hang on. I think Johnny might be a mistake. <laughs> we should go, we should go with Patricia. Yeah. And then someone might go, Okay, I'll talk to these guys. You talk to those guys. And they'll, they'll convince you then that Patricia is potentially on the chopping block. Yeah. yeah. What actually happens next is your man goes, Actually, no, do you know what? Don't. Fuck it, we'll stick with Johnny. And it never becomes a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, they're very good at doing that. I think they're, so I, because it's been so long since I watched it, I watched last season, all right, but I'm still not fed up of that. Yeah. So as long as long as that, that holds, I'll, I'll keep going, I'll keep trucking. Yeah. I see. Okay. Um, what else I see? Uh, the Outsider. That's the new that? Jared Leto movie. It's on Netflix. Oh, the Joker. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is set. I think maybe you're thinking about this earlier. It's it's Japanese set period piece in the fifties. He's a he's sort of left over from World War Two, <laughs> and he's in jail for reasons that we're, we're not. I'm not too clear on. <laughs> but uh, during his time in the prison, which is brutal. Um, he is uh, sort of mixing with Yazuka, you know, mobster dudes in Japan, 
and he sort of gets one out of prison and when he comes out of prison they give him a job um doing run around stuff but as he proves himself they sort of he's inducted into the family and then you're into he becomes a made guy a made guy exactly and then the usual mob thing uh some they start fighting over the control of a port, and then families are fighting families, and then there's a war between families and that kind of thing. So uh, that's kind of what goes on. Now it's it's not bad; it's good uh, in a lot of ways. But there, in some ways, there's there are moments where you're sort of going, he's doing a bit of a Ryan Gosling in this. There's a massive big gap in between dialogue, and it's sort of it's meant to be atmospheric, I guess. No. I, hate, I hate when they try and do that. No, that it, you know, I don't mind it sometimes. It depends on the context, but in this, I, it felt a little forced and there was no need for it, really. Um, uh, it's I found it interesting from the perspective of just seeing the Yazuka and how they go about their, their whole honor code and that kind of thing. You know, the, you know, there's the whole thing about nipping off the tops of your fingers for dishonoring your boss and yeah. all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So to show that and all that kind of thing, you know, so, and it's the whole ritual of tattooing and all that, you know, so. It, as, as you rank up. Yeah, and yeah, how it's done and all, you know, they don't have a little machine thing. It's done by, you know, uh, manually with a little needle on the back of someone's thumb kind of thing. So, and they're so huge and intricate, you know, it's when you become part of the family or, yeah, that you, you get your tattoo and that kind of thing. So anyway, it's, it, it's interesting. It's not riveting. Uh, it's got. It's quite violent, actually, um, in places. Uh, it, it seems to be like there's 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 like violence, dull moment, violence, dull moment, violence. <laughs> That's kind of the, the pattern of this show or of this movie. Um, it's a five and a half. If I could give it, no, it's five. It's a, a strong five, but it's not one I'll be watching again. You'd have to people have are saying people are saying that it's worse than bright. Oh God, no, it couldn't be. No, it's not possible. No. <laughs> no so people are saying. I thought bright was brilliant, though. I think bright, everything's bright worse is, than bright. Bright is brutal. Jesus, train wreck. <laughs> Maybe you don't understand. Will Smith was in it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Okay. Yeah, so, it's, so it's a five. So yeah, I'd say you know unless you're really interested in Japan and that kind of era, I'd say give it a little skip. So. Yeah. No, wait for wait for Survivor Japan if you're really interested. <laughs> Do it right. <laughs> so I went on an old cinema trip there at the weekend. Oh yeah. And um I wound up going to a film that's very nearly out of the cinema. Oh yeah. So it had been put into a screen that I've never been in before. Uh-huh. It is the luxury screen at oh, Century yeah. Cinemas here in Letterkenny. Mm-hmm. Where you have uh, automatic recliners. Oh, and loads of room and leg room, obviously, because you're reclining. And uh-huh. and the film that I was going to see, uh-huh. Fifty Shades Freed. Right. <laughs> Are they leather recliners? Easy wipe down. Very easily wipe down. <laughs> okay, yes, right. very easily. Yeah. So, um, Fifty Shades Freed is the final installment in the Fifty Shades trilogy, right. and it kicks off with, I guess, a a vignette flashback to uh, Anastasia still getting married to Christian Grey. Uh-huh. So they're married. At the end of the last one, he proposed and was all fantastic. And he had a wee plane accident, but he recovered and he survived it. Yeah. And um, 
in this one they're kicking off. So this is a movie. A st- it's a stalker movie set in the Fifty Shades world. Okay, gotcha. So either either Anastasia or Christian are being stalked by somebody, and it's quite dangerous. Right. And this movie is about the resolution of that storyline. In between, they go to the Red Room and do each other a lot. Yeah. But that's kind of the backdrop. The first two films were very much about, oh, I can't have vanilla sex. I've never had vanilla sex. If I don't have, like, at least a fist in you or something, it's not real. <laughs> and uh, come into the red room here if you really love me and let me bait the shit out of you. What's your name again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all about that. And it was like, oh, I don't know. I love him so much, but I don't really know if a cricket bat in the arse is what I'm looking for. <laughs> and uh, they did. They spent two films exploring that, but I guess... Some She's days married I to just him. love missionary, you know, it's just some days, you know, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> you need an old cheese grater or two. But uh, that that discussion and the exploration of that has happened in the previous two films. So yeah. I guess they ran out of stuff. And some things that they had built up of an actual plot that wasn't just around their relationship kind of have, you know, the seeds were planted in the earlier films and they blossomed in this film to make it into something different. Yeah. And as such, it is not a bad execution of that kind of film. So if you think if you think something like Fatal Attraction, I'm trying to think of other films that it's like there's bits of taken in there maybe. Um it's a bit like that kind of a thing. Yeah. And uh there's there's action uh of all sorts, I'm sure. Action action of all kinds, yeah. yeah, yeah. And punctuated with uh, graphic sex scenes. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't think of a better film to watch on a recliner. <laughs> Big lazy boy. Yeah. No, I don't know what. Like, you guys give me an awful lot of grief for having watched the Fifty Shades film, which is fine. Deservedly so. But yeah. I don't know. Nah, like, geez, I'm not on. the only person that, that enjoyed those films. The fact films, that you've like. gone to the third one, though. <laughs> yeah, I know, but like, yeah. I've, oh, geez, you know, I'm, really. I'm true to my convictions. But the... Um, yeah, fair enough, yeah. The the final one is a different kind of film. Like I think you never actually watched them, didn't you? You you threw some kind of fucking strap about it being on the list and refused to watch it. Yeah, it's sort of because yeah. because Sean would no. be cross with you or something. No, I, forget. I, watched, I watched the trailer and that was enough for me. Uh, yeah, no thanks, no interest. Yeah. Um, I have my own safe word. Go fuck yourself. Oh wait, that's what the film is about. <laughs> so um. I don't, uh, right, so say you had watched the other two. Right. You wouldn't have found this one as hard to watch. Oh, in the same way Pitch Perfect 3 wouldn't be as hard to watch? No. No, <laughs> no see, if you're going to watch Pitch Perfect, you should watch the first one. Oh, I see, okay. All right, gotcha, gotcha, yeah, yeah. This is a different thing. Yeah, this yeah, is gotcha. less yeah. a pitch, this is less a Fifty Shades film. Mm than the first one was, yeah. whereas Pitch Perfect 3 was just another Pitch Perfect movie. Right, yeah. It's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Like, the same stuff is there. Jamie Dornan is there with his ridiculous body fat level <laughs> um, and, like, no hair below his eyebrows. <laughs> and uh, she's there. It's like he was just, in a cheap dip of Imac. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and Anastasia is there looking for any excuse to be naked. Mm. That's still happening, and they do spend a fair bit of time addressing their relationship. But betwixt and between that, there is a kind of a plot that's, you know, more interesting than what they've tried to do in previous films. Right. So it's it's not that bad. Okay. Which isn't exactly a recommendation of it, fair enough. Like, but yeah, I, I probably not that bad. I probably <laughs> I probably enjoyed it more than I did the other two, if I'm honest. Were you in recliners for the other two? <laughs> no, I suppose ah, I, I can't. I'm go. not comparing like with like yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm not drawn towards this at all. Well, I wouldn't have thought no, you would be. No I, I think all remains is for me to mark this and we can yeah, forget no. about it forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know what? I think it's better than Pitch Perfect 3. Like, I think it's a 6. Oh, right. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm wondering how much that was due to the, the comfort I was in. <laughs> yeah, Lazy Boys got yeah. a lot. You know, that's the answer. Yeah, look, it's, it's, not, it's not a bad film. Yeah. There is an unfortunate scene in Fifty Shades Free where Jamie Dornan sings. Oh, God. And whatever sex appeal he's generated for himself, I think it was just dwindling. Oh, Fifty Shades of Pitch Perfect. Oh, God. <laughs> it was oh, terrible. God. But anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I think it's a six. Okay. And like I said, I, en- I enjoyed it. And yeah. I think you wouldn't have hated it as much. Okay. Okay. Which is, isn't the same as saying you would have you liked, would have liked it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I probably <laughs> would go in with my arms folded on the, you know. Well, uh, yeah, you I'd would. I'd be driving yeah. to the cinema with my arms folded. It's a... Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Uh, I have two things to say to you, actually. Uh, oh, yeah. I've been watching a lot of uh, <laughs> Time Team. Do you remember that? Is that a Discovery thing? Yeah, where they, they used to be on... I don't think it was BBC. It might have been Channel 4. I can't remember what terrestrial TV it was on. Anyway, now it's on the internet. Um, load of it is on YouTube. But it was kind of thing that I'd sort of see now and again and go, oh, yeah, that looks kind of good. And then never see it again. But now I've sort of gone down the rabbit hole the last few days. I've watched I don't know how many episodes. And it's the same format, every every episode's the same format. But the places they go and the things they do are just I just find them fascinating. You know, all this it's like speed archaeology. Because there's no there's no there's no plot though. This is like No, no, they just find a thing, a place of interest where there may or may not be something like I don't know, Roman runes or uh I don't know, King George the whatever uh burial ground or you know, or a Saxon something or other. And they, they just, like Hadrian's Wall, that's another one they did. That was quite cool. But they just start digging. They've got three days to do it. And uh, they bring in, like, um, diggers and the rest of it. Actually, they did, what else? World War One trenches and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I find it fascinating because they really tear through it. Um, so it's it's good archaeology. Is is it, though? It is, is, there, yeah. is that Is that now, a thing? Now, so, yeah, sometimes they, you know, you're sort of looking at, you now you know, like, they're, they're really nerdy about it, obviously, because they got very, very, very excited about, you know, stuff, different changes in ground and that kind of thing, you know. Um, it's sort of OTT excited. But, um, no, it's, I find it fascinating because, uh, and enjoyable because they get through it so quickly and then they will explain and then give a visual artist impression or they'll give it top down using geophysics or using you know satellite images and all that kind of thing they construct it together um so it's great on youtube you can just skip the bits that you don't want to watch and you get down to about you know 25 minute show which is great you know because you know exactly where they are in the episode all those bits that you don't want to see um but anyway that's what i've been tearing into um 
Oh yeah, the other thing I want to say, have you seen, speaking of YouTube, have you seen the trailer for Solo? No. You might remember that I have an objection to Solo. <clears throat> right. Well, they're taking the best part out of the Star Wars franchise, which is the Force, by focusing on somebody like Han Solo. Yes. But go ahead, tell me. Tell me, what was the trailer like? Um, initially, I... I it just came on, so I can't remember, was it an ad or it just started at like next up or something like that and I kind of wasn't paying attention. And I saw the start of it and I went, oh, this looks kind of interesting, kind of sci-fi. And then I was sort of going, oh, is this the one with Groot in it? What do you call it? What's the name of that thing? Guardians of the Galaxy. Gar- yeah, is this another Guardians of the Galaxy? Because it was that kind of stuff. And I went, oh no, it looks kind of Star Wars-y. And then I went, wait a minute, it is Star Wars-y. And then the, I was like, that music... Then I sort of recognized that oh, that's kind of John Williamsy, but it's a bit Guardians of the Galaxy. That it just seemed a bit more comedic and a little bit less serious about themselves than previous Star Wars movies. Um, so I don't know if it's going to work. You yeah, know, interesting. You know, you know, you What's know your man like that's playing Han Solo? <clears throat> Is he funny? Uh, he looks nothing like him for a start. Um, I'm finding well, that's okay. I get over well, that. Like, but it, yeah, is he funny? I'm just finding it hard to link him to him. You know that kind of way. And funny in the trailer, eh, he's a couple of lines that you go, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, Chewie has better lines. No, uh, but there's the, actually the, the the story. You see a lot of similarities in, um, you know, the early Star Wars stuff um, with the Millennium Falcon. You see the you know, sort of getting tied up into situations that aren't that dissimilar. Um, I'm just hoping that it's not a rinse and repeat, like, oh, the, do you remember that time they got swallowed by the big worm? Right, we need one, another space monster, you know, that looks kind of wormy or, you know, I think it looks kind of octopusy or something like that, you know? So That's when Star Wars is at its worst, when yeah. they just repeat things they've done. Well, that's, that's what I'm hoping that they don't do all right. But um, they do have the right style, um, there is a cool sort of cutaway scene uh, where they introduced the Millennium Falcon and you sort of go, oh yeah. Um, and then they're sort of like getting the band together. You know, they've got Lando Carizian and, you know, Chewie and a couple of other minor characters that no doubt will, they'll make millions on franchising, you know. So Han Solo won the Millennium Falcon from Lando Calrissian in a game of Sabacc. That's canon, isn't it? <laughs> Well, it was canon so The Force Awakens came out. <laughs> oh, what happened then? All of the books I read, oh, all yeah, the years yeah, of yeah, my growing up yeah, were yeah. thrown away. Yeah, yeah. So who the fuck knows how he got the Millennium Falcon now? I don't know anymore. Yeah, yeah. Thought he did. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm still looking forward to it, though. Even, uh, even, the, even the crap ones I enjoy to a certain point. I know there's one a really dodgy one in there. I'll never see again. The Phantom Menace? Yes, I think so. Uh, they're all bad. Those three are all bad. Is there any lightsabers in this trailer? Any Jedi? Any um, Sith? Nothing that jumped out at me, no. No. Tell me. You're the man to ask. I'm pondering this during the week after I'd seen this. Lightsabers. Why do they only go mm-hmm. three, fo- three foot in length? Like, what stops them? Like, oh, that's, the length, that's the length of the wave. But is it not a laser? No. Uh, you need to be careful now how deeply you dig into this. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think people they must have thought about this, like, and it must be decided on, oh, that's how it works. Yeah, well, that's the length of the wave. Okay. And if you put in 
two crystals, you can adjust focus and change the length of your lightsaber. Oh, can you? There's the answer. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. But a single crystal will just have a single focal length, <clears throat> like most lenses. Right. And that's the length of your lightsaber. Right. So then, the what's his face? I have two mini ones to go out to the sides. He he would have had to have done yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dilithium crystals? No, I'm trying to think of the name. <laughs> Lambent crystals. Lambent. No way. Oh, yeah, but you have to. Um, Man, you're such a nerd. You you have to forge them with the force so that they work as lightsabers. There's a there's a fairly tricky force procedure gotcha. you have to learn and execute. <laughs> I see. <laughs> And yeah. it's, it's not so much learnt as in felt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this um, is what caused Caden to think that the force was real. Oh, really? He says to me, oh, it was, it was the moment I've been waiting for all my life. Like, we're watching The Force Awakens on Blu-ray. Yeah. And he, said, he turns to me and he goes, what's the force? And I said, the force, it's, it's a power that surrounds all living things. It binds us. It unites us. <laughs> And he goes, how do you use it? And I said, well, if you want to use the good side of the force, I said, then you have to be calm, at peace, and then you reach out with your feelings and you can use the force. <laughs> but if you want to use the dark side, then you have to be angry and full of wrath and fear. <laughs> and he, then he goes, he looked at me and I was so dead serious telling yeah. him all this. He goes, so the force is real? And I said, no, no, not at all. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was almost like I was telling him something that I had worked on, you know. I, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was a Jedi for a few years before I got into software, you yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> Paid the bills. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I gave that up. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's just a fucking it's wild work. You're always traveling like fucking mm. peace delegations. Oh lord, <laughs> yeah, security duty. You know, ah, man. <laughs> and you're like pulling cars out of snowbanks, and you know, <laughs> I know. If I have to fucking cut open a tauntaun to hide inside one more time. <laughs> oh god, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's it for this week, dude. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Uh, Where are you, Mike? Where are you? Yeah, Mike. Mike Waster. Yeah. Anyway, from Steve and Mark, stay classy. <laughs>